don't know about you, but um, those words are very appropriate right now. Let's face it, we're living in a world right now that just seems so full of battles. And uh, I don't know where you are in your journey of life and faith today, but as somebody that knows Jesus, I want to say to you that when I'm surrounded by all sorts of battles, it's just good to know that we're, we're surrounded by God. And something that you, if you're not in relationship with God today, something today that you can enter into. And at the end of my little talk, I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, to connect with God for yourself, connect with somebody that will help you stay strong. And I'm just going to pray for a few moments and then I'm going to get stuck into what's on my heart to chat to you about today. So uh, let's just pray. And if you're used to praying, you can close your eyes and give an amen. Uh, when I say amen, if you're not used to praying, then why don't you just listen uh, to these words and maybe you can make them something of your own experience today. So Father God, thank you that though we are surrounded by so many trials, so many battles on every corner, we want to thank you that the greatest battle ever fought on that first Good Friday was totally and utterly won by your son, Jesus Christ. And uh, as we just think about what that might mean for us as human beings this morning, help us to draw great comfort from it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's fantastic to be here with you. Happy Easter. Yay. Come on. Who's had a hot cross bun this morning? Eh? Who's had a hot cross bun? Who's had chocolate eggs and who already feels a little bit sick? Anybody? Yeah, I bet that's true. I really, really do. But it's great to be here with you this morning. I don't know if you've ever uh, got the wrong end of the stick. Have you ever got the wrong end of the stick when what you thought something was or what you thought it wasn't has turned out to be the opposite? And have you ever had to do the walk of shame when you've got the wrong end of the stick? Or maybe, maybe somebody's got the wrong end of the stick when you've said something to them and they've completely got, got it wrong what you were saying. Have you, you ever experienced that? It, it can be so frustrating, can't it? I read this great story. Uh, regular uh, listeners at Northampton Ealing, when they've been to hear me speak, they will know that I love true life uh, I think they're true anyway, but true life funny stories that just bring a little smile to my face. Uh, and I read this one a number of years ago of how uh, a man asked his wife what she'd like for her birthday, which is always very dangerous asking somebody what they would like for their birthday. And uh, this was what she said. She said, I'd love to be six again. Oh, I mean, what, what would you want to do if you were six again? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? So on the morning of her birthday, he got up bright and early, and this, this is what he'd got in store for her. They went off to a local theme park. He put her on every single ride in the theme park. The death slide, the screaming loop, the wall of fear. She's very exciting. And then, after that, five hours later... They staggered out of the theme park. Her head was reeling and her stomach upside down. Then they went to McDonald's. He ordered a Big Mac and uh, what else? Extra fries and a, a, a shake, chocolate shake. Uh, then they went off to a film. It's amazing, really. The latest Star Wars epic. 
which shows you a little bit when this took place. Hot dogs, popcorn, Pepsi Cola. Hope it was Pepsi Max, that's the best. And M&Ms. What an amazing adventure. Finally, she wobbled home with her husband and collapsed into bed, as you can well imagine. He leaned over and lovingly asked her, well, darling, what was it like being six again? And with one eye opened, she said these words, you idiot, I meant dress size. That's the wrong end of the stick right there, isn't it? Have you ever got the wrong end of the stick? Maybe something really significant like that, or maybe something not quite as significant as that. But it's a, it's a frustrating thing, isn't it? It's, it's a horrible thing. And I wonder, I'd like to ask you a question today. When it comes to life, have you got the right end of the stick? When it comes to God, have you got the right end of the stick? When it comes to Easter, have you got the right end of the stick? Somebody once said to me, Mark, I, I know you think that Christianity is about getting the right end of the stick when it comes to life. Like you, you talk about it being like the best way and so amazing. Well, he said to me, if it's so amazing, why aren't there more people following it? Now, let me just say something. The latest research revealed back into 2019, there were over two and a half billion people that claimed to be Christians. So quite a few of them are following it, to be honest with you. I realize that maybe in your walk of life, it might be so, not quite that number of people. But it wouldn't surprise me uh, that more people miss it. Or it wouldn't surprise me if it was easy to get the wrong end of the stick. Why? In the Bible, there's some sentences. Now, those of you at home who are familiar with the Bible, uh, you'll know what I mean if I say Matthew 7, 13 to 14. But if you're not familiar with it, let me just read these sentences to you. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small, small is the gate that leads to life, and only a few find it. But small is the gate that leads to life, and only a few find it. You see, it's easy to miss it. It's easy to get the wrong end of the stick. It's easy to think that Christianity is just about a load of rules and regulations and religion. But actually, it's very easy to miss the fact that actually Christianity is about new life and forgiveness. It's about a new start in life. And listen, if Easter was only about Jesus dying on the cross, that would be pretty cool. But it wouldn't be the full picture because Easter is not just about Jesus dying on the cross. It's about Jesus leaving heaven, turning up into our world, making an impact in people's lives to give us a clue as to the kind of impact he wants to have in your life and in my life. Not only did he live, not only did he die, but then we believe and we're going to celebrate this on Sunday. But I'm going to mention it now because it's the whole picture. Otherwise you get the wrong end of the snake. It's about Jesus coming back alive and these beautiful words where Jesus said because I live you also can live 
I think there are two ways that you can live life. One is getting the wrong end of the stick and one is getting the right end of the stick. And I'm sure you're making a really, really good go of living life. I'm sure that you're a good person. I'm sure that you're smashing it and feeling that you're doing really, really well. But if we're not living life God's way, it's the wrong end of the stick when it comes to life. And sometimes we can think we're on to a real winner. I read this story of a man who drunk six 600 bottles of Budweiser. Now, for those of you who are Christians, that's alcohol. Okay, 600 bottles of Budweiser to find the winning 50,000 pound bottle top. Imagine that. I mean, 600 bottles to find the winning 50,000 pound bottle top. That's commitment. When his numbers came up, however, he realized that he should have been collecting cans not bottles. And the numbers that were on the bottles were actually batch numbers, like (laughs) not the winning numbers. I mean, talk about getting the wrong end of the stick. That is getting the wrong end of the stick. And that's why the Bible says, look, narrow is the gate that leads to life and few there are that find it. But I want to tell you, it's fantastic. Let me take you back to a few years ago. And if I don't know if you're familiar with a tennis player, called Michael Chang. He said, the money's great, but it won't last. What will last is the love of Christ in my heart. You see, we get the wrong end of the stick. We think life is about amassing stuff. Life is about succeeding in in everything and, and it's all down to you. But actually, the right end of the stick is the love of Christ in your heart. I wonder where you are today in life? Are you focused on the wrong end of the stick, just amassing as much as you can? Maybe today might be the day when you get the right end of the stick and realise that it's actually about the love of Christ. There's this interesting sentence in the Bible written by one of the wisest men that ever lived. In fact, there's a whole book of stuff called Proverbs. And these proverbs are great. They're real like life lessons. They're like rammed full of wisdom and wealth of knowledge to help you engage life. And this is, this is the brilliant thing about the Bible. Lots of people think that it's just this kind of religious book, but it's cram-packed full of stuff that helps you live life, live life how God wants you to, which actually is ending up living life how you want to. That's the funny thing. But we get the wrong end of the stick. We think that if we live life how God wants us to, it's not going to be how I want it to. But when I connected with Jesus, when I gave my life to God, I I realised that actually the way I want to live life, what I want out of life, is actually only really found in living life's God's way not my way, but I'd got the wrong end of the stick. But there's this little sentence. It says, there is a way that seems right to a person. There is a way, in other words, to live life that can make it feel right, but they've got the wrong end of the stick. There is a way that seems right to a person, but the end leads to death. The end leads to death. Death not only spiritually whilst we're alive on this planet, but death physically too. You see, the truth is when we choose to live life our way, it's like a spiritual lockdown. 
If we don't know God today, we are living life in lockdown restrictions, spiritual lockdown restrictions. We're not living life in total and absolute freedom. Now, I don't know about you, but I am twitching. I mean, as I speak, we're not far away from being able to eat or drink something in a friend's garden. I'm looking forward to that. I've got one booked in already for tomorrow night. Can't wait. I've got a restaurant booked in already on the day we're allowed to go out and eat in pubs and restaurants outside. I mean, I am buzzing. I feel so frustrated and and, and hemmed in. And it's like, oh, I'm just desperate to be free. Do you, do you know that feeling? Lockdown restrictions are a nightmare. But you know what? Spiritually, every one of us are in lockdown restriction if we don't know Jesus. Why? Because living life our way only binds us up. You might not feel it. The amount of people that have said to me, if I'd have known it was like this, I'd have done it sooner. In other words, they got the wrong end of the stick and when they got the right end of the stick, they realised they got the wrong end of the stick. Life in all its fullness and in all its freedoms is only found in living life God's way. Hey, listen, look, I'm sure you're smashing life. I'm sure you're a quality person. I'm sure you love people and that's great. I mean, it's like you're almost there really because God said, there's two things I want you to do. Love, love me with everything that you've got and love your neighbor. So you're almost there, but you're just not quite there. You're just falling short a little bit. In fact, the Bible says that, that we've all fallen short. And and, and falling short because God's not in first place, because we're not loving God first. And when we don't do that, we're all bound up. And listen, I'm telling you loads of stuff from the Bible today, because it's amazing. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. That's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Well, that, you would think that would be the case, wouldn't you? It was for freedom that Christ has set us free because why would you set us free for anything else? But I just think God's wanting us to understand something. You see, becoming a Jesus follower, connecting with God, living life God's way, actually is the thing that liberates us, but most people think that it's the thing that binds us up. It's the thing that restricts us. But living life God's way is the thing that sets you free. You see, for many, they've got the wrong end of the stick. So how do you get this? It'd be crazy me just to tell you about all this amazing stuff and not tell you how to get it. Well, the only way to get it is to turn away. Sinead O'Connor, who's just an amazing singer, she said this, God is good, we've just messed up. (laughs) Love that. God is good, we've just messed up. So if God's good and we've got the wrong end of the stick, then the only way is to turn away from having the wrong end of the stick and living life our own way and start to live God's life his way. Stop! Are you on the right track when it comes to life? Read this funny little story, proper. I don't know whether it's true or not, but hey, it proper made me smile. And it's about a man who, who hated his, his cat's wife uh, or his wife's cat, in fact. I hope he didn't hear his cat's wife, hate his cat's wife. That would have been funny. But he hated his wife's cat, not keen. He wasn't a cat lover anyway. 
And uh, one day he waited while she was away for the day and he decided he was going to try and get rid of the cat. And this is what he did. He drove half a mile away from his home and dumped the cat there. But as he arrived home, the cat was already walking up the driveway. The next day when she was away, he drove uh, two miles away, dropped the cat off and then drove back home. And as he drove back home and got near to the house, the cat was already on the driveway. So he decided that was it. He waited for the next time she was away all day and he took the cat 60 miles away. Many hours passed by and he, he got himself completely and utterly lost. So he waited till he knew his wife would be home. He rang her up and said, is the cat there? She said, the cat is there. Can you believe it? The cat had found its way home from 60 miles away. He said to his wife, can you put the cat on the phone? Because I'm lost and need some directions home. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not, but it did make me smile. You see, it's a wise person who knows when they're lost, isn't it? Have you, ever, have you ever been in that place where you just think, no, I, I know roughly where to go. <laughs> and, and you just get yourself more and more lost. That's just stupid. A wise person who knows when they are lost. But an even wiser person knows who to ask for directions. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I've, um, I've asked a few people for directions um, in the many, many times that I've got lost and I don't know if you notice this that every time you ask somebody for directions they either don't come from around there or they say daft things like well this is a bad place to start from and it's like do you want to jump in my car and take me to a better place to start from and then give me directions I mean I've I, I have had some crazy I've had like people giving me this massive list of directions taking me to a shop and then said when you get in the shop ask somebody there they'll probably know where it is I mean that's not helpful Sorry, there's obviously still some issues there. It's a wise person who not only knows when they're lost, but it's a wise person who knows who to ask when they are lost. Could I ask you a little bit of a question this morning? Imagine that you're driving along the road and uh, you're lost and you want directions uh, you, you get out the car and you see there's two people there. Um, there's one person who's dead and one person who's alive. Here's the question. Who would you ask for directions? Yeah, you'd ask, in case you weren't sure, by the way, the correct answer is you'd ask the person that was alive. No point asking the person that was dead, because even if they knew in a previous life, they can't really tell you. And this is why I don't understand why people ask dead gods for directions about life. If you want to ask somebody for directions, it's a wise person that goes to somebody who's alive. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say to you, if you're not, if you're not a Christian right now and by that I mean you're not somebody who said yes to God and living life his way. You've chosen to live your life your own way. If you've never asked Jesus to forgive you, which I'll explain more about in a few moments time, and you've never handed your life over to him, you are just going to be lost. And it doesn't matter really who you ask, what are the religions, what are the philosophies, only Jesus is alive. Easter is not just about Jesus dying, it's about the fact that he came back alive. In fact, Jesus was so strong about this, 
he made a claim that nobody else had made. No religion, not even Christianity, would make this claim when it was birthed. Not even the Jewish faith made this claim. Not any, any, any other faith or world philosophy ever said these words. Only Jesus, quote me on that, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. People say to me, but Mark, isn't that a bit arrogant of you to say that? It's not my fault. I'm not saying it, by the way. Jesus said that. Now, if you want to take it with them, I'm really cool by that. But I can't be accused of arrogance because I never said it. We say, well, can't Christianity be accused of arrogance? No, Christianity has never, ever, ever, ever said, and if ever you hear anybody in Christianity saying this, they're wrong. Christianity has never said it's the way to the Father. What Christianity has always said is that Jesus said. And in fact, no other religious person or religious framework has ever claimed to be able to get us to God. And so actually it's an error to say, well, hasn't everybody else claimed these things? No, they aren't. Only Jesus. Why then was Jesus so able to say he was the way, the truth, in the life? Let me explain it thus. You're driving along the road. You know that you're not going to ask the dead person for directions. You're going to ask the person that's alive. So you say to them, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get to such and such a place. Could you help me? And the person says, yeah, of course I can. Of course I can. There's two things they can do. They can either give you a set of instructions, which in truth, you're probably going to forget. I mean, you know what it's like when people give you a set of instructions. If you've forgotten the first one, then all the others make no sense at all. Somebody once told me that this was a bad place to start from and said, you need to go on here and, and do a U-turn. And then they proceeded to give me five minutes worth of directions. But the problem is I'd forgotten the very first one that they'd said. And so by the time I got the others, I forgot to turn around. So everything else was wrong. So Jesus didn't come giving us a bunch of instructions and directions. Here's the interesting thing. Just supposing this person said, yeah, I've come from there. And actually, I'm going back there. If you let me jump in your car, I'll actually take you to the place because I know where you want to get to and I'm going there. And the truth is, I'm probably going to come back as well at some point in the future. But right now, I've come from there and I'm going back there. So who would you trust? Remember, it's a wise person who knows who to ask for directions. If you asked me, and I've never been to a place, would you trust me? If you ask somebody who's come from there, lived there, is going back there, you'd trust them, wouldn't you? Jesus said, I am the way. Why? He is the only person that has come from heaven down to earth and is going back. In fact, he actually said that in a little conversation with a bunch of his followers and a familiar bunch of sentences from the Bible that, that you will have heard of if you've been to a funeral before, that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that you might be where I am. And the, the followers of Jesus said, but how can we know the way to that place? Jesus said, I am the way. Let me just tell you about the significance of that. And in a few moments time, I'm going to give you an opportunity to connect with the way to God, to get the right end of the stick. Jesus said this really interesting phrase that lots of people don't understand the significance of. 
You see, when Jesus said he was the way, he wasn't telling, saying, I'm going to tell you how to get there. He wasn't saying, I'm going to give you instructions. Although kindly, the Bible is very, very helpful. But the Bible's not going to get you to heaven. The church is not going to get you to heaven. When Jesus said, I am the way, it was actually an old Jewish phrase that was used. I don't know if it's still used today, but actually used way back in the times that the Bible was written. Let's say you were to ask a Jewish person in those times how to get to, say, for example, the market. They wouldn't give you a set of directions. What they would do is this. They would say, I am the way. They'd grab a hold of your hand and they would not let go of your hand. The water's gone. They would not let go of your hand until they got you to the market and you were there. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus said that he was the way, he wasn't saying, I'm going to give you a set of instructions and leave you to get there on your own. Jesus, when he said he was the way, he was grabbing hold of your hand and not letting go until you got there. You see, with one hand in heaven and one hand on earth, Jesus united God in heaven and people on the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, he ain't letting go of you. He ain't letting go of you. Not till you get there. Jesus said, I'm the way. And you see, that road that I talked about right at the beginning, the narrow road, I want you to know it's just wide enough for you and Jesus to walk holding hands. Get on the narrow road, go through the narrow gate, hold on to Jesus' hand, and he ain't letting go until he gets you there. So how do you grab a hold of his hand? Very simply, it's about saying to God, God, I don't want to hold on to the things that I've held on to in life. It's very difficult to grab hold of something if your hands are full. Jesus said, you need to let go of those things. I need to grab a hold of me. Easter is about Jesus doing everything that needed to be done. All you need to do today is stop grabbing a hold of the things that we fill our lives with, our way, as good as they are sometimes. It's about letting go of those things and grabbing a hold of the hand of Jesus today. How do you do that? I want to say to you, there's a very simple way of doing that. And this is it. It's about saying what I call a big yes to God. It's about saying, God, I don't want to live life without you anymore. I want to live life with you. I don't want to live life my way. I want to live it your way. I ask you to forgive me for those things that I've done, whether they're good or bad, but the things that I've done that is my way of doing things. I ask you to forgive me of those and I'm letting go of those right now. Saying a big yes to God is about saying to God, yeah, I want to receive your forgiveness and your love because of what your son did on the cross 2,000 years ago. I want to receive that new life because he came back alive. I want to give you permission to do what you want to do in my life. And so with your help, God, I turn away from doing it my way start to do it your way if that's you if you've never ever 
said yes to God. Why don't you do that right now? Wherever you're watching, on whatever you're watching, why don't you say a big yes to God? Just go on now, say it. In your own heart and mind. If you're in your own room, you can say it out loud because you don't have to feel a bit weird about that. Just say it now. Say a big yes to God. And I'll make this promise to you. And I know this is true because it's happened to me and many other people that attend this church. You can say yes to God because he's already said yes to you. It's not like you've got to say yes and then you'll, you'll hear back from him with some kind of email. Yep, your acceptance has been approved. No, God's already said yes to you. He's done everything. The only thing that you've got to do is say yes to him and start that next significant part of that journey. Why don't you just say yes to him now? My prayer for you is that as you say yes to God, you'll understand, A, that he's already said yes to you, but right now he's forgiving you. He's breathing new life into you, new direction, new vista, new outlook. That's my prayer for you. Hey, I'm going to hand back over in just a few moments' time, but I've got a couple of very quick things to say. The first thing to say is this. If you've said a big yes to God this morning, would you let us know online? You can put it in the chat. We've got people who are looking out and we have the joy of helping people and seeing many, many people say yes to God. And we'd love to just help you, send you some things to help you along the way. Because as with any new journey, there's just a few things you're not quite sure about. And we'd love to walk with you and journey with you on those. Might be that you're here watching today and you're saying, well, I'm not really in that place, Mark. It's not where I'm at quite yet. I wonder whether I might invite you to become what I call a little yes. And a little yes is about making an intentional decision in your own heart and mind to look into this, to have a good old investigate, either because you're interested in God's stuff or you're just thinking about life. Why don't you say a little yes? You say that even now in your own heart and mind. Or it might be that you're watching today and say, I'm not really ready to investigate, but I've, I've just been thinking a little bit about what you said. It's, it's made me think, I wonder whether you might become what I call a healthy maybe which is somebody who becomes open-minded, but rather than let it just dissipate, you just make a commitment just to keep it on your agenda and at some point look into it. Hey, look, whether you're a big yes, a little yes, or a healthy maybe, we'd love to help you. Just get in contact and let us know. Well, it's been an absolute joy to be here with you on this Good Friday. Thank you so much for listening and I pray that you have a fantastic Easter. God bless.